0: Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome into our brand new series of very old things. Taylor Swift re-releasing all of her music got me thinking, you know, if Taylor can re-release her music, then Taylor... Can re-release old stuff from the podcast. We had no listeners when we first got this show started. And thanks to you guys, the audience has grown tremendously up from just my mom and my wife. And let's be real, they didn't even listen every week back in the day. So what this new series called Forte Flashbacks is going to do is going to introduce all of you who have been viewers or listeners in the last couple of years to stuff from way back in the day. If you've been with us that entire time, If you listen to everything, you're an insane person and aren't going to have to go to purgatory because you listen to all this. Uh, But let's be real. Everybody that listens to the show is going to spend a lot of time in purgatory. But that's a a whole other thing. I digress. But if you've been with us the whole way, this is going to be reminders of stuff that you heard three, four, even five years ago. And how we're going to kick this series off is by our our four or five co-hosts that we have rotating through right now all first made appearances on the show as guests before we even had co-hosts so this week we kick it off with episode number two's interview with a woman that you all know and love now named Allison Sullivan. So what this is, is it is re-edited, reintroducing you guys to somebody that you've all heard and fell in love with over the last couple of years, but this is her story. It's the story of how we met, it's the story of her conversion, and it's the story of the first time that she was ever on a radio show or a podcast. Yes, I said radio show. This interview was live, on our local Catholic radio station, which tripped her out, but um, so what we're going to do is we're going to listen to it here in just a minute and after that interview, I'm going to come back and share a little bit of insights and just kind of laugh about some stuff that have changed over the last couple of years. So without further ado, here is the interview from episode two of the Fourth Day Catholic podcast with Allison Sullivan <laughs> Welcome back to Forte Catholic with your host, Taylor Stroll. I am here in studio with speaker, author, and my friend, Allison Sullivan. How are you today, Allison?
1: Hi. Good, Taylor.
0: I'm glad you're doing well. Well, thanks. Um, I've never
1: done this before, Taylor. Not even one time.
0: She's not nervous at all. Nope. She did not not mention that she was nervous before Mm -mm. we went on to the air uh, (laughs) three seconds before the music started. So, um... I you know we've been talking today about Christian unity, and Allison um, actually has a great story um on this topic, but before we kind of dive into that, it, Allison and I have a pretty interesting story about how we met so uh, Allison, why don't you tell that story? Well,
1: it was I think it was the back to school mass, yep, and Taylor was just up there rocking it. There was some serious praise and worship going on, and I was just moved. I loved your energy, I loved your passion. And I simply could not leave without telling you, I'm shy by nature, you know, and so that was a risk for me. But as I've gotten older, I'm a little better at considering how other people feel instead of perseverating on how I feel. And I know what it's like to put yourself out there. So I just simply couldn't leave without telling you that what you do matters.
0: Well, thanks. Yeah, it was was awesome. So we had just moved into town. My wife and I had just moved in from the Houston area. And I, and Allison was actually the first person not where I worked to reach out to me. So, no way. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. That's it was awesome. great. And you, yeah, you came up and complimented me. I was like, oh, oh
1: this God is, is, cool. is going to be fun.
0: Um, I, I enjoyed it. So um, I brought Allison on today because she actually has a really interesting story about um, her conversion. So, Allison, why don't you just share that story with us? Yeah, the sure. story of how you became Catholic.
1: Awesome. Um, you know, it really happened because I fell in love with a good Catholic boy.
0: There you go. Um,
1: <laughs> I was this hand clapping, Bible thumping, free spirit. And he was this disciplined, prayerful, devoted cradle Catholic. And we just intrigued each other. You know, now we're trying to be all of those things. Um, but at the time, our faiths were very different. It really came down to that we knew we were getting serious and we just both uh, wanted to know more. So I agreed to read a little. And when I did, I found truths that just would not let me go. I just loved Catholic doctrine. And it took me a little longer. I hate to say this, but it took me a little longer to find the beauty of mass. And it's taken even longer than that to feel like I really fit in. But um, I don't know. There's a lot of Catholic code that I feel like is lost on me sometimes. But as a whole, I just love being part of an ancient story, the smells and the bells. And I, I feel like the Catholic Church does an amazing job of embracing the Holy Spirit. And so there's just this... Mysticality is that a word, Taylor? There's just this um, <laughs> mysticism that's that's just so welcome. So
0: I love that. So you fell in love with this boy? <laughs> right? I did. I did. <laughs> what were you practicing before you became? Catholic?
1: Well, I was raised in a, a cr- very Christian-friendly home. Um, my mom was a very prayerful woman, and I became a Christian through Young Life, which was you know a high school ministry. And so I had a very you know loud faith. And it was, you know, mostly through skits and, you know, silly songs and grown men and women embarrassing themselves on a stage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's <youth> ministry. <laughs> yes.
1: And not anytime soon was father Dan going to see how many marshmallows he could stuff in his mouth, you know? <laughs> so it was really different. It was a big change. But, um, you know, I told Seth as, you know, as I started reading, I said, this is something that I will consider if I feel like it is something that brings me closer to God, not you and um i hoped that i meant that <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I wonder how much he liked that i know, I know. i'm sure well, deep down he enjoyed it but it was like oh, oh she likes someone yeah. better than me but i guess if you're going to like somebody better than your significant other it should probably it be it should God. probably be the lord yeah so how how long did this process take when you started like looking into catholic doctrine and one like what stuck out to you what was the biggest thing that yeah. you that brought you in what was the biggest hang up you had
1: you know i i loved the reading i um i love reading in general and so and I love growing. I've always been a girl that's in love with new beginnings. And so I guess the biggest thing is the Eucharist, right? I read something that explained that the Greek word used in John 6, where Jesus explains that his followers are to eat his flesh and drink his blood. That word actually meant to chew or to gnaw, you know, this very graphic word. and um, And nowhere is that word used symbolically in scripture. And not only that, but the word that he used when he talked about sacrificing himself and giving giving us his body, it's the exact same words that he used when he talked about the cross. So if we were going to be speaking metaphorically about all of this, then does that mean that he was also speaking metaphorically about the cross? Well, of course, we believe that the cross is is literal. So in that instance, we must you know, it's taught that we should believe that, that this was this was literal as well. And that's what everyone was grumbling about. That's what was controversial. That's why they turned to leave. So that was a big one. I loved reading about that and learning about that. Those were things that I just simply never considered, never knew.
0: So how long did that take from the time like where you were growing up in a Christian home and mm-hmm. you started looking into this stuff about the Eucharist that you mentioned? How long did that process take before you were like, this is something I can get on board with.
1: Well, you know, I just devoured Scott Hahn, anything that he had to say. And so, you know, that it's was, also very
0: violent. He's a very nice man. Why would you devour
1: him? <laughs> um, So anyways, Taylor. Um, so, yeah, I would just say a couple of months, like once I really dived into reading, it was, it was a couple of months. And, okay. and there was some discernment there, you know, through RCIA, of course. And,
0: oh, cool. Yeah. Where'd you do that?
1: We were in Japan. <laughs> wow. Totally normal, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that coming.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, we met and fell in love overseas. I was teaching abroad and he was in the Navy. So, Oh, wow. Met in the officer's club.
0: Wow. I didn't know that. Very Top Gun-esque. Yeah. How was how the, uh, the RCIA program in Japan? Do they have a good you RCIA know program? You
1: the Catholic Church was moving and grooving. Really? Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. When I think of places where the Catholic Church is moving and grooving and growing... Uh, Iwakuni, Japan,
1: Japan doesn't stand out. <laughs>
0: it doesn't stand out, but mm. n- maybe it will. No, I'll never know. forget now. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so the Eucharist was one of the big things that brought you in, mm-hmm. you know, your love for your husband, <laughs> your yes. love for the Eucharist and, and devouring these these books. And mm-hmm. so what were some of the, the biggest struggles in your conversion, like the biggest hang ups that you had with, with something in Catholic doctrine or with joining the church?
1: Right. You know, I I mentioned that it's felt a little bit tough to fit in. You know, the Protestant church is just so very gifted in creating community and in fostering celebration. And I I would love it so much if the Catholic church, if we could copy some pages out of the Making People Feel Welcome book. Because I think what happens, I have a theory. I think that what happens is because of the Eucharist, because of that physical presence of Christ, that there's this reverence. And so you walk in and you feel it's, it's somber. And it's solemn and it's deferential, you know, and when you don't understand the physical presence, all that humility at his feet, it can seem like something different and it, it can come across as very private, as something confidential, something that's even almost exclusive. And so I don't know the solution to that because Catholics aren't going to quit kneeling at his feet anytime soon. And I'm obviously <laughs> not suggesting that they should, but um. You know, maybe it's bigger lobbies or something. Yeah. <laughs> bigger lobbies, Taylor. What Big, can we do about that?
0: Bigger <laughs> lobbies, yeah. Uh, as you were talking, I just kept thinking of, of Pope Francis. When he was, you know, he said most mm. Catholics walk around like, you know, we're in Lent without Easter. You know, right. like we're just, we're, we're so sad. It's, it's, so, it's such a weird thing because yes. the gospel is good news. And that's oh, what the, the church is the joy of the gospel. And, you know, the
1: joy, yes.
0: And then we walk into mass and everyone's like, yeah. You know, it it looks like everybody's. I know, but it's amazing
1: what a few donuts and and some juice in a lobby can do. You know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Lots of hugs. Yeah, I went to a Protestant church once, and I got to eat donuts and orange juice in the service. I was like ten years old. I loved it. It was such a
1: good concept. The
0: greatest thing ever. So I don't think we could do that at at Mass. I wouldn't suggest (laughs) that. But you you know, you were talking about this this welcoming atmosphere, and then I I mean, I've been Catholic my whole life, and I've walked into Catholic churches and felt like unwelcome you know mm-hmm. like no nobody like reached out to me nobody yeah like, you know everybody would look especially like when i go to daily mass as a <laughs> younger person yeah. you know it was like typically older people that are there it's in the, you know a lot of times during the middle of the work day and you know they'd look at me like what are you you know like i was outside like i right. was other and so i think you're right i think there is something that we can we can learn from our Protestant brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and and apply that to our catholic faith mm-hmm. and and apply that to how we do ministry mm-hmm. how we are as a community to just help us us grow i mean if just in, in any line of work in any business, if you see somebody doing something well, you're not just gonna be like, Oh, well, good for them. Like if you can right. take that and kind of incorporate it to make it more welcoming at, well, a, at our it's kind
1: of, you know, what I was I was talking about in the beginning that you know, as I get older, I'm I've I've become a little bit better. Um, and it's maturity in, in my in my faith as well. But to walk into a room and instead of here I am it's the there you are concept, you know? And so when, when we walk into daily mass and we're feeling like, Oh, nobody's making me feel welcome. It starts with us. We need to be looking around at Who can I tell is feeling that way? Who can I sense that anxiety from? And how can I go make them feel welcome myself? Instead of sitting around and waiting for someone to make me feel comfortable, I'm going to take that upon myself and, and extend it first.
0: Yeah. To actually do something about it. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> It's the whole, the whole ordeal. Like, you know, I, I thought was taught as like my parents taught as a kid, like, Don't complain about something if you're not willing to do something about it. That's right. Why not me? Yeah. Yeah. So there's this there's this book called called Rebuilt. Have you heard of this book? I don't think so. No. So it was actually it's it's really interesting because it's kind of going to move into the next subject we're talking about. And it's this there's this priest and this youth minister um, at this church, and they were it was kind of a dying parish in the middle of this metropolis area. I think it was Baltimore, if I if I remember correctly. And what they set out to do, they were like, okay, our parish is dying. A lot of people are are going to. Are stopped going to church period, or they're going to mm-hmm. non-denominational churches, right. that sort of thing. So what they decided to do is they went to the five like, biggest, best, thriving, non-denominational churches across the United States. Mm-hmm. And they would just go and visit, and they'd talk to the people that ran the church. They'd visit the services. They'd do all of these things and see, like, what are they doing well? Why are right. people coming? Why are people getting excited about the gospel here? And then they took all of that information— and they said, how can we apply this to yeah. the Catholic the Catholic Church, our masses, our how we do ministry, all of these things. And and their results were absolutely amazing. So one of the biggest things that they focused on was this welcoming, you know, being right. being more welcoming and and right. and and having things like that. And their parish just started thriving. Well, you
1: never know how people are entering. You never know what they're carrying as they walk through the door. So for, for it to be a safe place to be able to really proclaim. Um, that we are friends of sinners, you know, and that everyone yeah. is welcome here.
0: Yeah. So in that light, so like you have an interesting perspective on this coming, growing up, not being a Catholic mm-hmm. and seeing that, you know, there were these great things about the Catholic church that you desired to join, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've been Catholic mm-hmm. for how long now? Uh, 10 years. 10 years. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you. A, a whole, uh, whole decade. It's so, okay. so from your perspective of growing up as a Christian, but not Catholic and then becoming Catholic, just like these, this priest and this youth minister did yeah. going somewhere and having to learn what they do well. What do you think is the the thing that Protestants do very well mm-hmm. that we could add to kind of how Catholics do things to yeah. to make Catholicism great again?
1: Right. You know, as you were talking and talking about rebuilt, I'll be sure to check that out. One of the things that that I was thinking as you were talking is the humility that it shows. To be able to go knock next door and say, hey, what can I learn from you? You know, that's that's such a wonderful concept, too. I really think that Pope Francis is doing amazing things for the church. He's really pushing people to get outside themselves and quit making their faith so private. You know, it, it should come from this overflow, this spilling out, this this. Acknowledgment of the great love that we have received, we cannot help but contain it. And because of that, we it, it's an overflow, and we we just have to share it. I have to tell you about this amazingness that I've experienced in my own life. and I, I really feel like he's making us bold. He's helping us be bold. and instead of keeping that all to ourselves, really getting out there and making a mess, as he says, I just cannot <laughs> get over that phrase. I love it so much. Right. and and I love the freedom to get out there, make a mistake. It's okay. You know, God is going. To redeem, redeem, redeem your, you know, your good works, you know, with the right motivations. And that right motivation is the love that he gave first.
0: Right. So what does that look like practically? So like me being a Catholic in ministry or just somebody listening who's just a Mm -hmm. normal Catholic sitting Mm -hmm. in the pews every week. Like what is the one thing that you would suggest to to me, suggest to them to be a better Catholic from something you learned growing up not being Catholic?
1: I really think we need to widen our circles I have wonderful friends that that love unity, um that believe in unity and that live out unity. And so we have wonderful conversations and I can't help but notice that as we talk, you know, they keep talking about how deep my faith is and how that's so rare, quote unquote, for a Catholic. <laughs> and I keep thinking, you need to meet more because that's not my story, <laughs> that right. is not my experience. These I am surrounded by Deep faith Catholic women that humble me and and teach me and and pour wisdom into me and I'm so thankful and so I, I you know I I gently try to you know explain to them I really think you should widen your circles and I want to do the same you know but but having those open conversations with people that are different than us and by the way that's a concept that we can take uh, not just into faith but in every you know aspect of our lives of, right. of really extending ourselves and widening circles to include people that are different than us.
0: I think I mentioned earlier that I've hang out with with other youth ministers of yes. all denominations, Amen. and it's so funny because a lot of them say the same thing. They're like, you're the first good Catholic I've met. I'm like, well, how many Catholics have you exactly. talked to? And they're like, you and some idiot I met 15 years ago. Exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, you need to meet more people. And like, so like th- th- those experiences have just been so good for me, hanging out with other holy Catholics, other holy. Right christians who aren't catholic it's just that's been, right just but great. there's no
1: way that that's a coincidence i think you know there's no way that all these protestant people are saying you're the only catholic i think we need to get out there more we need to be the ones to extend ourselves more i don't know that we're doing that so I, I, it goes both ways
0: Right yeah I mean the church has said forever and ever and ever that like our mission is to evangelize like that's, that's right. our job the church's role and I and I do think our Protestant brothers and sisters do that fan, in a fantastic way mm-hmm. and and we you know we can use that to remind us like what we're actually called to do so mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do is I I uh, just kind of talk about your book I know that you are a published <laughs> author like when we met you not only complimented me but you you're like Went above and beyond, you're like, where's your wife? And you wanted to meet my wife <laughs> yes. and you like gave her this book and like uh, both of us just felt so welcome. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've always loved writing. Um, it was mostly a private thing for me, but I have a deep love of words and and story and expressing myself and hearing other people express themselves. I just love the written word in general. And so I kept, a, I was keeping a blog as a, as a baby book and I was writing more regularly. And that regularity started to define me more and more until I really felt like it was something I had to do to feel the most like my truest self, the one that he made me to be. And so I just found holiness there really. So that was one thing that, that was kind of happening. And then at the same time, God never shoves me into mission. He's always kind of gently leading me. But um, the other thing that happened is that our friends inherited a publishing company and they didn't really know what to do with it and they (laughs) needed authors. What a
0: connection. I know,
1: right? And without that push, I just I would have absolutely kept my my writing private forever. But this felt like God's timing and not to sound melodramatic or anything, I simply can't help myself. But I felt like it was laying down my life for my friend and that felt good. So Rock, Paper, Scissors happened and it's been an awesomely interesting ride. So what's it about? Oh, so it's probably best described as a spiritual memoir, I'd say. And so each chapter I take a parable and I, I apply it to my life and I attempt to put a modern spin on an old story.
0: Cool. So, yeah. Where can we find that?
1: Amazon. Yeah. Allison Sullivan, Rock, Paper, Scissors.
0: Cool. Well, um, yeah, if you want to find it, go check it out on Amazon. Uh, Allison, thanks for being here today.
1: I'm so excited. Thank you, Taylor. This wasn't hard at all. We're yeah, no- just so warm and <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: You did it. So uh, (laughs) thank you very much for being here. If you want to check out her book, go check it out at Amazon. I want to thank you again for being uh, just such a a great person, a great um, uh, leader within our community. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Taylor. Woo, boy. Things have changed quite a bit. The music. I've become a good host. (laughs) Allison has relaxed quite a bit. Uh, I took notes as I was re-editing this because I didn't used to edit stuff. And, boy. I could just say thanks. Just say thank you that Taylor edits things. Um, One of the things, the first thing that I noticed is how to not interview a person. (laughs) All the things that I was doing in this interview are things that I now coach a lot of the people that I work with now for podcasts not to do. Uh, It was just, it's just so weird. Um, I kept, uh, what did I keep doing? After everything she said I was like wow or great or uh-huh I did the thing where like you welcome people where it's like oh how are you doing today oh i'm doing well oh that's great to hear like just don't just just don't do that podcasters hopefully you learn your first few episodes this was still the second one for me so i hadn't learned yet um the other thing that i thought was funny is how nervous she was because i mean this lasted for years those of you have been listening for a long time know that she used to bring like piles and piles of notes and she would get nervous because like she said in the episode she's more of a writer and i've complimented her about this over and over again on and off the air over the last couple years i either broke her down Or she got better or maybe a combination of both where she's just she's so great off the fly now. And it's one of those things. It's like I always saw it in her even when she didn't see it in herself. I'm so proud of her. Um, The other thing. So I kind of made fun of her. Now I got to make fun of me. This was the second episode of the show. Uh, I, I was still figuring out. Who I was and what this show was going to be. So I'm sure you heard it too. Like, I wasn't the me that you all hear now. And it's, I don't even think that I've changed too much as a person, but I was, I just feel more free being myself on the air now. I was doing like what I heard other Catholic radio show hosts do and I was trying to be all like oh yes this is Catholic radio and pin up the tie that I wasn't wearing Uh, but but it's so funny hearing that contrast with Allison on the show because Allison has always been herself and like the Allison you hear on the show now is the same Allison you heard four years ago just less nervous and like I have completely just like uh, you know it was like I was like I was like chained up and I was being held back and kind of putting that on myself and now I'm just like whatever I'll say whatever I want um i love the the time where i frustrated her where she was like oh taylor like and we've all heard that so many times over the course of the the last few years on the show um i also said that i'd never forget that catholicism was booming in japan i forgot uh, until listening to this again today so i hope that you guys enjoy it let us know what you think um down in the comments or on social media uh, and the, we're going to keep these coming I, th- I think I'm going to promise I think I'm going to promise once a week at the end of the week In addition to our regular show Releasing on, uh, on Tuesday on video And Wednesday on audio I think I'm going to do this on like Friday, Saturday Every week And we're going to kick it off with with the five co-hosts In the order that they were guests on the show So this week was Allison And the next one I guess would be Anthony yeah, I think it's Father Anthony next. So look forward to that next week. As always, hit subscribe if you liked uh, this video, this podcast, whatever you are watching or listening on, And uh, share it with a friend who's be like, "Hey, there's this podcast that came out five years ago. You should try it out. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week)